We are back. It is TFB Podcast, the Fanbros Podcast. We're back for the loyal listeners. We're talking about some some flex decisions in the draft. We like to call this one weird flex, but okay. Let's get into it, Greg. So what this is going to be is these are going to be kind of guys in rounds four through six where you've got a running back and a wide receiver. Similar ADP. Which one are you choosing for either your flex spot or your second RB, third RB, or fourth wide receiver? Something like that. You've got a tough chance you're going for value. Which of these guys do you want? So, And then we're going to finish the, the pod. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Greg. No, no, my, you're My good. loyal co-host, I would never mean to interrupt <laughs> you, is that our, we're going to finish it with kind of last three rounds of the draft, some dart throw wide receivers that are – you could take them as a wide receiver five, and they can turn out as a wide receiver two. That's kind of like the guidelines we we sat down with, and we, we have some good ones. So we're going to get right into it. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Greg. Get into it. That's okay, but that's what we want. In the last couple of rounds, we're looking for that just that needle in a haystack, that one guy who is a staple of your roster for the whole year. And if they're not, you drop them after week one or drop two, like it's hot. And, and you go on, you go on about your business. Like so, said, but dog. to start off our weird flex, but okay, you're in there in the fourth round. You've got a good foundation on your team. You got a good running back. You've got two wide receivers. Who is your flex play here? You've got Chris Carson and Amari Cooper staring you in the face. Oh. Let's assume a half point PPR. Oh, oh, what's the scenario? I have a running back. I have a wide receiver. You've got yeah. You've got one of both. One of both. And now you're just looking for a value pick. You're second of each. Who do you who do you like? Carson or Cooper? Man, I'm probably this is easier for me than maybe you. I'm going Carson. He gets disrespected. Cooper, he's really good, but CD Lamb is actually a better receiver. I mean, we haven't seen it, but I mean it's there. It's like D Hop's rookie year where he's catching everything. And I mean, you can just tell who's gonna be a star. CD Lamb is gonna be a star. Not that Cooper isn't, but, man, he brings stuff to the table that Cooper doesn't. I mean, Cooper is not going to come down with a one-handed catch, and CeeDee Lamb is probably going to have about four or five of them this year. Just crazy-looking catches that probably going to help you splurge all over your teammates. I mean, your enemies. <laughs> yeah, and, and man, I, I like Cooper. The, the injuries every offseason for the last three or four is starting to get on my nerves and kind of worry me with him. I'm with you, and I'm going the underrated, always dangerous Chris Carson. I will say, if Rashad Penny were fully healthy, I would have concerns that this might become a timeshare because Chris Carson has missed time every season. But since he's not, Chris Carson is a hoss. Give me him over Amari Cooper because, like you said, the, the targets are going to be spread out in Dallas. The upside of Amari is good. The upside along with a safe floor play, give me Chris Carson as a flex. And it's three pods in a row that I've said this, but wide receivers, actual good wide receivers, they break out in year two. It's not year three anymore. It's year two for the running backs and wide receivers. you got to keep up with the actual trends today. College game is changing. The big programs are changing. If they're coming from a power five school and they're a talent, they're going to break out in the second year. It just is what it is. Get, adjust your boards. We saw that with DK Metcalf last year. This year, Justin Jefferson seems to be a bona fide wide receiver one. You know, Lamb. yeah, I these. Mean just... I mean, they're getting shown the respect, and that's right. The game has changed. College players are more pro ready than ever, so it is interesting. Keep in mind, we both slightly go Chris Carson. The next one, Josh Jacobs, where it, it might seem weird because last year he was a RB one. 
Kenyon Drake comes in to take some of the pass catching work. Jacobs' job is a little more shaky. Would you rather staring you in the face, Josh Jacobs or DJ Moore on the Panthers for your flex play? You've got your RB one and wide receiver one. You're looking for just the next best available. DJ Moore Man. versus Josh Jacobs. I am not a Moore enthusiast. I don't know if it's because I have an X with the last name Moore or what. I'm just not. I, I don't want some of that. You know, I'm not Britney Spears. Give me more. I'm not with that right now. I and I'm not even the biggest Josh Jake. Josh Jacobs truther, even though he just won me a league, and I kind of reached for him in the back of the first. I, I want Josh Jacobs over DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson's there with Sam Darnold. The connection is already there with Darnold and, and Anderson. Anderson had the most yards out of any receivers with the least, least amount of touchdowns. You don't get 112 targets over 1,000 yards receiving and have three touchdowns. It's just not... He's not going to do that this season. I can almost guarantee he'll have seven to eight tutties with another 1,000-yard season, probably 90 catches. I mean, <clears throat> it's just hard to do that. DJ Moore's explosive. I just don't get why everyone likes him so much. I mean, he's good, but he's just, I mean, he's a little bit better than Curtis Samuel. I mean, that's all he is to me. I mean, I'm not, some people buy in on some things. I'm out on on. DJ Moore, that might bite me in the ass this this season, but I'm out on him, so I'm going Jacobs. What so, would you say? I've felt the exact same way about DJ Moore the last two years, but then he plays well, and I can just remember a time in the draft where I should have gone with him. And you. and because, like you said, Curtis Samuel is gone, and because Josh Jacobs might see some more passing work, this one's close. I'm ready for DJ Moore. I, I'm not. I've not been a believer. I think everything lines up for him to have his best year yet. We're going to find out if he's for real or not. I'm willing to take that chance. I'll take him over Josh Jacobs as my flex play. Go, DJ. Oh, that's my DJ. Yeah, DJ Demi Moore. <laughs> it, it, this year, I think he gets a lot of catches. Half-point PPR, he's very valuable. Yeah. Stan, okay. Standard, this is a lot closer. It really is. I give a slight edge to DJ Moore. I, I can respect that. I just... I, I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I, I I have, like, beef with certain fantasy players. I don't even know why I don't like them. He doesn't score a lot. I think that's kind of, you know, you get the Julio Jones without the big play kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, I see where your points, I see where you're coming from, though. Yeah, that one's close, because Josh Jacobs is a mystery, right? If, exactly. Just, if they hadn't brought in Kenyon Drake, you'd say second round. Exactly, 100%. And you try not to overthink it, but that exactly. hurts. And then, that hurts him. And then you play the devil's advocate of being, like, on the on the good side is okay now he can maybe be more efficient because he was kind of inefficient last season getting all that work where he was more efficient his rookie season with a lower workload but again Gruden is so unpredictable Kenyon could get hot and then just you know take over in the second half of games where you're just sitting there where you're maxed out at 12 carries for 56 yards and he doesn't get those two tutties that he would get last season that kind of boosted you over those kind of bad yard games that he had um, I get where you're coming from. That'd be frustrating. I will say Josh Jacobs never got the passing game anyways, yeah. so I'm not like out on him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean in that at that pick, you go Jacobs, I go DJ Moore. Okay, the next one, DeAndre Swift, who's been very controversial. The skill set seems to be almost elite. The team in the scheme is anything but. So DeAndre Swift or Robert Woods. I am a Bobby Backwoods enthusiast. He was part of I, I remember drafting him last year, and everyone in the fucking room moaned like it was a porno. Like, oh, because like, they, they're like, well, you're taking Bobby Woods. I'm, I'm taking my boy backwards. 
He's a great player, but I think last year is going to be his best fantasy season ever. Now, that's a big statement. That is a very big statement. But DeAndre Swift is on a team, and it sucks. And it we see it every year. Shitty teams with shitty offenses, they have good fantasy players. Example, James Robinson. That's the first one that came to mind for me. I mean, and DeAndre Swift is better than James Robinson. I hate to say it. It is what it is. Now, the receiving core for the Lions is hurt and very shitty. Brashad Perryman is their best receiver, veteran receiver. He's not even that much of a veteran, and he's hurt right now. So that means all the passing work is going to go through TJ Hawkinson, and the second one would be DeAndre Swift because he can actually catch out of the backfield. That's kind of how he took over uh, carry on my wayward son Johnson's role. Um, I really like Swift here over Woods because I think that Woods hit his hit his ceiling. Not that he can't replicate that, but he hit his ceiling, and it's just hard for players to come back to back when they're not the bona fide one of this team. Because he's not. He's kind of has a split work with Cooper, but I mean, he does have staff, so it's kind of a, a crapshoot, you know. You're not saying he's a bad player. He's a good fantasy he's, option. I, he, he's going to win you weeks, but I think that where he's drafted, I might want Swift more just because he is the offense. He's going to be the focal point. Dan Campbell is going to want to run the ball. I don't know if you heard any of his speeches about gnawing people's knees off, poking eyes out. He is a wild he's man. A, he's perfect for Detroit. He is. I mean, because they just needed somebody to actually get behind. That's a different podcast. But, man, I, I think I'm going Swift here. What, do you, what say you, Greg? So, a lot of the things that were alarming about Swift was that Coach Campbell came out and said he loved Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams might be the 1A. I just don't buy it. Yeah. If he's really trying to win football games. Because Jamal Williams has been solid, but as a 1B. And Swift was really good when he played last year. Very good. He was very good. He had a multiple 100-yard games receiving and rushing total. At the end, so people didn't think about it. He him. did. He did. And even though they're bad, like you said, I, I just think that they kind of go through him. I'm usually out on the Lions' backs. I think Swift is pretty special. I don't think he's a top eight guy. Mm-hmm. But Robert Woods, like you said, the touchdowns, I think, come down a little bit. And I like DeAndre Swift as my RB2, RB3 flex play more than Bob Woods as my wide receiver two or flex. And my whole stance with Robert Woods is I think that Cooper Cup and Woods flip-flop season this year. I it's, think It's I been think, that way every time. I think time. Cooper Cup is going to finish with the most tutties and, and maybe the same amount of yards. Woods might have more yards because he gets, you know, the little carries of the backfield, some of that little chinky stuff that they, they roll out there for him. But I think Cooper Cup finishes with the most touchdowns out of the two. I think so, too. And in fantasy, touchdowns are, are big are everything. So let's move on. This next one, David Montgomery, who was who was steady last year. He doesn't get the receiving work, but he was steady, a top 12 running back, versus Terry McLaurin, who seems to just – the arrow points up as a talented young wide receiver – who do you take oh, there? These are these are my two boys. I, I mean, know, uh, we, I know. This one I chalked up just for I you. I know, you little fucker. I mean, we're not like other podcasts. We don't steal their stuff. We don't have my guys. We don't have, you know, whatever you want to call them. But these two would be my fucking my guys. What are you doing this to me? I didn't even... Uh, so, I am a Terry McLaurin truther. I'm a David Montgomery truther. David Montgomery, you know I got those stats. David Montgomery, the last five weeks... Of the, of the regular season, he had eight touchdowns. Really? Yes. So, <laughs> that's... I did not know that. I mean, I would know that. I won the league. 
So, with with Montgomery, it started them in in the ship. People call me crazy. People call me crazy for holding them, not trading them. You could suck my fucking ring. That's all I gotta say about. It. But anyways, David Montgomery. I mean, he's. He, I just think that Terry McLaurin has the higher ceiling in the current setting. Now, if Justin Fields came out and they say week three, they come out they're like they're done fucking with the red rifle, and they say, "Hey, Justin Fields is our guy." I'm I'm all in on David Montgomery over Terry McLaurin. But the current situation right now, I think this is week two of the preseason, not including the Hall of Fame game, or week two of the preseason currently right now. I'm taking Terry McLaurin over David Montgomery. Now, if that scenario happens, I would definitely flip. If Justin Fields is the quarterback, David Montgomery is a bona fide RB1, potential top eight. The last five seasons, the last five weeks of the season, he was the RB1. So, I mean, that is what it is. See, I honestly didn't recognize that, and that's pretty incredible. I will say, I've heard a lot of different analysts say, well, if Justin Fields is the quarterback, He's going to take some of the rushing work around the goal line from David Montgomery. If anything, it frees him up. I don't care. Yeah. They're a better team. They're a better offense. That means more trips to the red zone. Some people are scared away by Justin Fields running in three or four touchdowns. Montgomery, if that's a better offense, he's easily going for ten touchdowns. I am the opposite. If the Red Rifle's in there, I think they're stagnant. He gets 80 yards a game. Not exciting. Justin Fields. If that yeah. offense can click and move. He's a great, great running back. So yeah. I, I do think that you have to consider, though, that Nagy seems to be a dumb shit. Yeah. And he might hold out and play Andy Dalton longer than he needs to, even when he's on the hot seat. You can just tell him and Adam Gase chill every fucking offseason. They're absolute boys. They they, they have are. no idea what they're doing. Both probably addicted to PCP, but it is what it is. Somehow they're head coaches. Now, Terry McLaurin, I love the player. I love the player, and I don't know what it's been. The last two seasons, I've just not been able to buy in on him exploding as the one. He had a good season as a as a rookie. He had a good season last year with terrible circumstances. I do like Fitzmagic, but for some reason, I think highly. I think this more trends through. I think highly Montgomery. I I, do I think Montgomery is on the RB one two borderline. Do I think Terry McLaurin's on the one two borderline? Not quite. Okay. I like him. I don't love him. Give me David Montgomery, even with the lack of passing work. I, I just I think that field starts at some point, and then I think Montgomery, the top eight back, kind of like you said. Yeah, and I see that actually legitimately playing out. The Bears is very similar to the Deshaun Watson Texan scenario where they're like, they don't want to commit to him. They're going to run Andy Dalton out there, realize, hey, what the fuck are we doing? We traded up for this quarterback. He's actually good. And Nagy has to win. Yeah, Nagy has to win or he's kicked out of town. So I, I actually see it playing like the Texans. But, you know, so after week one, I do think Justin Fields is going to be the starter. Week two, Justin Fields is probably the starter. Maybe week three. But, again, you can't go off what-ifs when it's draft time because that will bite you in the ass. What-ifs, uh, you can't draft like that. I mean, but David Montgomery is a big enough talent where you could just go, hey – I don't care who's the quarterback. He showed last year they didn't even have quarterbacks. He showed he's got a healthy year. floor regardless. Regardless, yeah, he's got a floor. I agree. So, let's move on to the next one. And this is going to be the only time we introduce a tight end here. This is round four, right? You've got your running back. You, you've got Zeke Elliott. And you've also got DeAndre Hopkins. Next up, you've got a chance to take Darren Waller or J.K. Dobbins. Who do you like? And why? We we 
bantered a little bit before we clicked record. We're both bipolar with J.K. Dobbins. By the freaking hour, dude. Yeah. I cannot. I talk myself into him. I, I talk, talk myself, myself out of him. him. It's I, over and over. It. I. I hate talking about other podcasts on the podcast, but I listen to these boys. I'm not going to say their name because you need to listen to fucking us. But these guys, they broke down that J.K. Dobbins was actually the most efficient running back last year. They they brought up the numbers. I, I don't have the numbers written down right now, but it was actual proven. He was the most efficient running back last year. Now, that could be an outlier or that could be something to come because he is on a team with Lamar Jackson. So there are going to be big running windows for him in the play action uh, kind of game. So, uh, uh, Waller is the focal point of that offense, though. He's, I think Waller has emerged as a obvious top three tight end. I I go Waller here just because you can't get that later in the draft. I mean, That's very true. You know, you could get a, a Tunyon down there, you know, that's, that's going to be good, but he's not the focal point, you know. It's just... Waller is the focal point. He is the offense. I mean, they're saying Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards is coming onto the scene. But again, Waller's proven. Waller's elite. Waller actually had the touchdowns last year. He had 1,000 yards and three tutties the year prior to. We talk about positive touchdown uh, progression, which Robbie Anderson will have this year. Some of the, Someone will have this year. You, there's no way you have that many yards and don't get the tutties. I think that Waller is is just the guy. I think he's almost a Kelsey level, like you said. That's what it. And when I first started doing a couple mocks this year, I was shocked at how high he was going before George Kittle. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's so safe with check down Charlie, Derek Carr. Yeah. And just Waller's incredible. They rewarded him with a big contract. He's a hell of a story. Yeah. He had a big-time drug addiction background, got booted from the league from it, yep. came back, and now he is a star. I really like him there. And J.K. Dobbins. So, the efficiency, I saw it, right? Mark Ingram, they tried to get him in there, and he just could not touch what Dobbins could provide. What worries me there, and it's kind of contradicting what we said about Montgomery with Justin Fields, I don't think Justin Fields is going to run for 10 touchdowns. But Lamar Jackson could. Lamar Jackson might. Yeah. And that is why I tucked myself out of Dobbins, because I could see him going for 1,200 yards. Yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked if he had six or seven rushing touchdowns, and then that keeps you around RB20. I put him in that, that Cam Newton, Josh Allen kind of realm where he can steal your goal line tutties. They're literally on the one, and you're sitting there, you're hype, you're watching Red Zone with your boys, like, I'm about to get it, I'm about to get it, I'm about to get it. What does he do? He fakes it, runs it to the pylon, goes in. I mean, that just deflates you, and that's kind of what he is. I mean, that's that's his whole game. I mean... Last year, when he when he turned it up after after kind of starting a dud those five weeks, he didn't throw over. I think it was two hundred sixty yards in those games. He had a hundred hundred yards, hundred twenty, hundred seventy, two forty. I mean, he wasn't even throwing a lot. It was the rushing touchdown. He had five rushing touchdowns in those five weeks with some. Uh, I think he had seven throwing touchdowns. So I mean, again, he's he can kind of cuck you on that goal line. But it, with him, with him, it worries me. But I love the player as a talent. Mm-hmm. I, this is not me knocking him. I think he's really good. I'd be happy with him as my RB two, ecstatic as my RB three if he were to fall. But Waller is just too good. He's too good at a position where there's only four or five that are any good. 
Yeah. So get, give me Darren Waller at, you know, mid-third round just to lock up that tight end spot. I like that. The last one we're going to go to, these are probably the two highest profile guys. So we're talking end of the second round, early third round here. Allen Robinson or Clyde edwards Lair. Does he have the bounce back without Le'Veon Bell? What, what do you think? This one, This one's interesting. I think he does. I think, I mean... We're we're beating the drum on on the on the year two guys, but he did not have a a bad rookie campaign. What happened is all you people that don't listen to our podcast drafted him in the first round. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but you drafted him in the first round. I feel like you're kind of picking on Trevor here. And we all know Trevor doesn't listen to this podcast. I mean, come on now. Shout out Trevor. I know you're listening. Um, but I mean, gee, I think that this year he's. He's going to do it. The touchdowns weren't there. The yards were. He turned it up after getting kind of sluggish, had that, that, that mid-year rookie slump, and he kind of turned it up at the end. I think this year he comes out. They kind of sure up the line a little bit. I think that he's going to be an RB1 this year, like bona fide RB1 this year. So I, I think I choose him over A-Rob because A-Rob's there. He's elite. He's good. But he, I don't think he never, he never has those explosion weeks. It feels like he's hit his ceiling. And yeah, he, and not that it's not good that he doesn't explode and he's steady because you want steady. You want to know, hey, I'm gonna have ten plus points this this week from my wide receiver. But you want your wide receiver one to be able to give you a little splurge, you know, get you a little two tutties and and a hundred yards. And I just don't think A. Rob does that anymore. I don't know if he's lost a step. I, he's still very elite. I just don't, he's not what he was at the end of his Jaguars run and at the beginning of his Bears run. I just, I, give me some Clyde edwards Hilaire. I Man, I agree with you on just with Clyde edwards Hilaire. Last year, we all wanted him to be excellent, and he was all right. Mm-hmm. They brought in Le'Veon and tried to make it work. It didn't, but by that time, there's already four or five weeks in the books yeah. where you took carries away from Clyde. So he still finished as a top 20 back. He was frustrating to own, I'm sure, but it looks like he's going to be a – Top 10 to 12 back. Yeah. It'd be kind of a shock if he wasn't. I don't know who's there to take major work away from him. So that's kind of that. Allen Robinson. I'm impressed by him because I think he's reached his ceiling the last couple years. But I think that's not far from his floor either. Yeah. He has to work hard for his points. Yeah. It's been Mitchell Trubisky, check downs here, check downs there. He's fighting through injury. He's worked hard for his numbers. And I think we get more of the same. And that being said, he's probably a top seven, eight wide receiver. Just because I, I like Clyde, but maybe give me Swift or Jacobs around later. Okay. Meanwhile, Allen Robinson is kind of in that in between the elites mm-hmm. and the next tier. I would just slightly lean Allen Robinson because he's proven he can work for the hard yard. I think he has to again, but I think he's pretty safe play. Yeah, he's like a workhorse wide receiver, you know. He he's, is. He's, 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 Brandon, he's what Brandon Marshall used to be. Yeah, he's steady. He's he's stable. He he he's not gonna he's not gonna dud you. He's yeah. not gonna give you you know three catches for twenty yards, no touchdowns. That's just not what's gonna happen. No. He's either gonna have seventy yards in a tutty, or he's gonna have two TDs and and forty. Yards. I mean, he's gonna do something. He's not he's not gonna leave you leave you out to hang. Now that being said, Clyde is my RB two. I'd be thrilled. Yeah. I, when I tr- when I try to talk myself into Clyde, the one thing I can see is not that many touchdowns. Yeah, I can see them getting the red zone and just not. You know, they don't ever thump it in there. It's from I the know. shotgun, so he could have six, seven touchdowns, and that would just kind of keep him out of the realm of elite. 
that's the only thing I have worrying about him. They did kind of revamp the line, though. They did. They, they, they traded did. for the Ravens, yeah. uh, Orlando, Orlando Brown. Brown. They got rid of Fisher, which was like their claim to fame, but he never amounted. And he was hurt. Last year, their line was as bad as could be. And they, they kind of shirted up this year, so that could be. And Andy Reid actually loves to run the ball. So that's a weird thing as him at the Chiefs. Well, we remember, uh, oh my gosh, it's Kareem, Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I mean, in his two, first yeah, year, his first year, Kareem Hunt was just running over everybody, even women in hallways. Yep. But I Jamal mean, Charles back in then, he could have his next. That's right. These two guys are big time guys. Yeah. I love them both. I love them both. It's hard. That, it's that's hard. a good one. That's a it's good hard. one to bring up because yeah. people be thinking about that. The Ceh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm I'm on board this year. I'm not going to take a first round, but after that, it would not shock me if he went in the second. Same for Allen Robinson. I think he just he earns the hard point, and I think he continues to do so. All right, let's get into. We kind of touched on our 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 flexes, the weird flex, but okay. Now we're gonna go to some some late round dart throws. These are like the last three rounds. You're looking for your wide receiver five that can turn it up, be a wide receiver two. My three right here, no specific order. I got Alan Lazard. Wide receiver from the Packers. He had a crazy good year. Then he tore his abdominal, came back, kind of had some good weeks. But, I mean, that connection with Aaron Rodgers was pure up into that abdominal injury. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is going to be a target vulture. There's really no one else there right now. Tyrod Taylor's not elite, but he can, he can move the offense. And then my last one is Marvin Jones. He's going to be there literally in the last round of your draft. Right now, he is the one with the Jaguars. Over Chark, over LaVisca Chenault, they're literally running the offense through him. I mean, they're posting clips every day of him literally snagging on everybody in practice, and he's got the connection already with Mr. Lawrence. And Marvin Jones is somebody I forgot about as a player. Yeah. Until you start to deep dive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's interesting. He's done it before on shitty teams. The Jaguars might be okay. And we're talking, these are the last two rounds that you want an upside guy. You might drop him after two weeks, but they also might be a staple. Marvin Jones is interesting. The more I think about it, the more I do like it. So for me, first off is Traquan Smith for the Saints. Michael Thomas is, one, recovering from surgery, and two, disgruntled. So Traquan Smith is by default the one there. There's a Marquez Callaway. He's an interesting one to look at. He's supposedly the one in camp. But with those quarterbacks, and Jameis Winston in particular likes a deep ball, Traquan Smith, it could be, you know, the deep ball kind of heathen. He might bring some value. Number two is Russell Gage. He was owned a good chunk of last year when Julio was missing time. Now Julio's gone. Yeah. And the Falcons are going to suck. Yeah. So they're going to have to throw the ball. Russell Gage, there's a path to top 24 wide receivers that I see. Not a sure thing, but he's going to be there late. He's worth a dice roll. Definitely. And then the last one is Jalen Rager. For the Eagles. So last year I drafted him with high hopes. And he had a bad separated shoulder right off the rip. And really didn't come back. He had some flash plays. He yeah. had some big catches, one-handed, some crazy stuff. And I think he's going to be the one there. Devontae Smith is battling a knee injury. Mm-hmm. At worst, I think Rager's kind of his equivalent. Just yeah. having a year up and the deep threat. So Hurts worries me. But the ADP reflects that. Yeah. So Rager, as a potential number one receiver, you can get in the 13th, 14th round. Sign me up for that. He's got good deep ball deep ball technique. And it, it, it is camp hype season, so anytime there's a one-handed catch, there's a crazy play, they're going to upload it. But, man, I just keep seeing crazy 
like goal line fades, one handed catches from Jalen Rager. And again, that injury really did screw up his rookie season because his longest, his first catch of the season was a 50 yard bomb of it a catch. Was. His longest catch of the season was that 50 yard bomb. That's not going to be that this year. That's He's going to be able to have actual games this year. There's not a quarterback controversy. He can build the chemistry with Jalen Hurts. I like that a lot. I I mean, we talked about it prior to, but those two are were mine. I, I like those. I had to audible my list, but... Definitely. So that's six guys to keep an eye on late in your draft. If you're just looking for upside and not filler, those are some guys you can target. Oh, one quick QB, late round, last round of the draft, Taysom Hill. He could be an absolute QB1 if Jameis Winston is the bust that we all think Jameis Winston is. I mean, Jameis Winston can throw the ball, but, I mean, man, Jameis Winston lost that weight. He looks frail. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, he couldn't learn the offense. There's a reason why he didn't be able to, to, to start last year. Uh, Taysom Hill, as, as a very late-round draft pick, could be your QB1. The, the games that Drew Brees missed last year, Taysom Hill, I had no interest in picking him up. You picked him up. Just a cup. And he was excellent. Yeah, I, I stopped everyone from running. He was excellent. Him. And what have we said that what produces that ceiling? The rushing ability. So... It's hard to take a quarterback, I guess. That's not a sure thing for starting, but I could see a worse pick. I'm not saying take... If you're looking at Baker Mayfield, yeah. there's just no upside. Yeah. Pick somebody with upside, maybe, you know, Taysom Hill or Justin Fields. And I'm not... I mean, if you're getting Taysom Hill at the end of your draft, that's not the only quarterback you drafted, hopefully. No, hopefully. absolutely not. That is just an upside play. Week yeah. one or two, he's not involved, drop him. But exactly. that's interesting. That's yeah. an interesting pick. Just came to mind. I want to throw that in there for we. We parted ways. So we hope y'all enjoyed that. That's some flex plays. You know, the mid-rounds when you got some tough decisions. Who do you go to for value? Some dart throws to keep an eye on late. We are approaching the one-week mark to most drafts. The last weekend in August is the most common draft weekend of the year. So next week, we're going to bring you a mock draft. We're going to get as many of our people in as we can, and we're going to break down pick by pick our options, who we had, a real in-depth mock draft, as well as some last-minute draft strategies to help catapult you to the top. Yeah, we're the fan bros. We're coming in hot on Monday. We're going to court them, probably drop them on Tuesday. We're trying to make a schedule. Work has been, life has been slapping us in the face. We're ready to punch it back. We're the fan bros. We appreciate all of you that actually listen to us. Thank you.